It's been a very good week this week because just this morning I got baby Rosalina on Mario Kart Tour and honestly I feel like that is the greatest achievement of my life. It is everything I've ever wanted and I am the happiest I've ever been. How are you? I forgot to ask. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I hope that our regular scheduled meeting fills you with as much joy as it does me. I will now stop talking about Mario Kart and I will actually get into the main content of this episode. Actually, I have to be real with you. Um, I am probably going to mention Mario Kart again at some point. So I know I just said that I'm going to stop talking about Mario Kart. I'm not going to talk about it all the time, but it will also be mentioned again. But it is relevant. Like, it's not like I'm just going off on tangents to talk about Mario Kart. Like, it, it does relate to some of the things I'm talking about today. So don't get an attitude with me. Just, like, relax and, and you know, download Mario Kart. And, and we can play together and it'll be fun. plans that always revolve around your ruling passion, your crazed addiction for the way I simply exist. I'm forever hanging out in your hang-ups, the prettiest of all your preoccupations, possessing your every thought, your darling demon, corrupting your conscious until it breathes, lives and pleads for me. I am the fight that leaves you faltering, spoiled spectre that will always haunt you. I am your cootie pie Cooper and I want your whole heart for my birthday. I spend my summers sitting on the tip of your tongue spoken into your serene dreamscape, keeping your gaze as a gift for myself. I am going to be the empress of everywhere. Knocking down the real world to build a dream for us to live in, where I will rule supreme. Sometimes letting it seem like we could be close before I break old boundaries out of prison and let them terrorise our newfound happiness. These are the lifestyles of the loved and blameless. I confess, I cannot explain why you seem to look at me and see the answer to every prayer and birthday wish. I think I play up being a spoiled little bitch because I'm waiting to see how long it takes for you to decide I'm just not pretty enough for that kind of behaviour. I count down the days wondering how long it takes for the magic to wear off, wondering when you will see what everyone before you appears to have seen even before I decided I deserve the whole world. Wondering when I will no longer be someone you love. And just like I have been to everyone else, I will become someone you simply fuck and lie to. And maybe in the end, I will regrettably remain a stuck-up kitten who won't sign autographs for the sake of my sanity and self-preservation. And you will remain merely a mouse who will always be my biggest fan but maybe one day I will see that you never say no because you know that nobody else said yes so I just mentioned Mario Kart kind of again and I know what you're thinking Fucking yeah. Nothing new, nothing changed, same old shit. Same old fucking shit. But I did I did say that it would be relevant and it kind of is. Um so uh <laughs> I'm not I'm I, I really must stress the mentions are based around like regressing to my childhood through the convenience of my iPhone 
rather than any kind of sponsorship. I, I don't think Nintendo even get, like, people to do, like, sponsorships and shit. Because, I mean, they're fucking Nintendo, right? They don't really need it. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I wanted to kind of write something about um, this kind of relationship that I I had before. Um, I think one of, one of the things that happens when you have difficult relationships in your life and you, you have a lot of problems, um, relating to that, <laughs> you, you kind of, you put up these, these barriers, you know, for some people it's like, you just refuse to entertain the idea of relationships and you, you don't take it seriously. Some people... Uh, react in different ways and some people can be very like difficult and like they're sort of self-sabotaging and like you know what I mean like I do that right so I you know I'll be extremely difficult and whatever because I'm just like you know what just hurry up and fucking leave because we both know that that's what you're gonna do like just fucking do it (laughs) and um, in this, in this case, this person didn't, and I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> right then, okay, guess I'd better start behaving myself, fine, um, but I mean, I'm always, like, a little bit, like, I'm kind of a princess about things, I'm a bit, you know, but, but the thing is, is I normally, I sort those things myself, I'll be spoiling myself, I don't need someone else to do it for me, but, (laughs) like, you know, this relationship, he kind of engineered it so that I was kind of this, you know, spoiled person, because he encouraged it, you know, he would be like, you know, buying me things all the time, and and giving me loads of attention and stuff. Essentially, rewarding my self-destructive behaviour. So, I was spoiling myself, but he was spoiling me at the same time. I was probably a nightmare. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, I, I felt like writing about that. And, um, because I, I was watching... I was on YouTube, and I was watching a, a Saturday Night Live sketch uh, with Stefan. You know, the character that Bill Hader does. And it's so adorable. And he's talking about, you know, in in one of New York's hottest clubs. And he says in one of them (laughs) that there's a stuck-up kitten who won't sign autographs. And I just thought, wow, that's me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And and so I... (laughs) Firstly, I put it in my Twitter bio. Because I was like, yes, relatable content. But then I was like, hmm... I'm gonna write a poem about this, and so I sort of thought back to that that sort of situation, that relationship, and you know why I was being a stuck up kitten, you know, and you know I kind of deconstructed it and sort of looked at you know how it happens, why it happens, what's going on, and you know it was. It's one of those things. It's like. Sorry, it's like a, either an ice cream van or like a giant music box outside. I don't know what that is. Anyway, um, <laughs> I always get distracted. You probably find that really annoying. I'm really sorry. But um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting to look back on because the funny thing is, is that I'm like, you know what? I could learn from this and next time I'm not going to like, you know, try and get ahead of myself and convince myself that this person is is gonna screw me over and hurt me I could just try and relax and not be worried and paranoid but I mean that's not gonna realistically happen is it so (laughs) I may as well be self-aware about it you know what I mean I'm the worst but I'm actually really kind of fun and nice once we reach a point of understanding that you're not that person, you know what I mean? It's just getting there. (laughs) 
it's just getting to that point. Um, and, and, and it's, it's difficult because I mean, obviously I, I am the only person who is responsible for myself and how I feel. And, and it's not realistically somebody else's, it's not something they're capable of. They can't, you know, go inside my head and say, you know, Hey, (laughs) um, don't worry it's all gonna be fine because it's just not possible I have to reach that point on my own that it's like the hardest thing the sun sings in the sky watching us wake from the same spot every morning. I communicate behind closed doors, thinking out loud, chatting to a picture of us, thinking of the past, back when things were so simple, when you saw me as your sunlight, before I became an endless evening, made of dark, secretive shadows that you fear. My heart has always been here with you, It didn't originate from the internet or a foreign land. My love is not a virus or a death sentence. It shines too bright to bring shame, but all the same you send it away. Praying for the return of somebody I never was. I'm not like this because you broke me, but I am broken by the way you left. I am broken by my journey, but I am fixing myself. I climbed a new family tree because I was pushed from the one you invited me to. So it was coming out day this week. Um, And there were lots of people posting things like their stories about how they came out and encouraging others and... um, lots of things like that and I saw this really interesting um, and quite unique post by Delta Work on Instagram. Uh, Delta is uh, a drag queen and you may know her from RuPaul's Drag Race Um, and she said my unsolicited advice on coming out come out when and where you feel safe and ready Not just because someone online in a safe, supportive place far, far away makes you feel like it is your obligation to them. And I thought, yeah. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I think sometimes people um, who live in certain countries... And people who have been brought up in certain families, they think that it's going to be the same journey for everybody. And that isn't necessarily true. Um, Even for people who have been brought up in, you know, in the same place, you know, they've been brought up like somewhere where LGBT acceptance is you know, normal and it's not criminalised and, you know, there are protections in place and things like that, even people in those environments are not going to have the same experience. Um, And I, I I was thinking very specifically about some people in other countries where being LGBT is criminalised and how it can be difficult for them, uh, for people who are LGBT in those countries to just to live in general without even thinking about being open about who they are. Um, I watched... Uh, a documentary about LGBT people um, who were living in Palestine and uh, 
um, because you may have seen in the news recently that there have been um, an increase in, in problems for LGBT people in that area, as well as other areas across the world. And the people in the documentary, they, they were talking about, you know, in some cases about how their families had just ignored that part of them and they had grown apart. There are some people talking about how they they were abandoned by their family. Um, there are some news articles that have spoken to to people who were turned over to, you know, the police and things like that in some countries where being LGBT is criminalised. Um, and their, their families have turned them in, knowing that they could be prosecuted, knowing that they could be imprisoned or in some countries even killed. And their families have still, you know, sold them out, essentially. Um... And it it just made me feel like, God, I probably sound so dumb when I'm saying this, I don't know, but I just felt so overwhelmingly sad for them that, you know, people who are having those experiences of not only is their state against them, but their own families turn against them. And so I wanted to write something about that. And I, I really thought about the post that Delta made. It, it was really striking for me. Um, it was, it, it kind of relates to something I've seen a lot um involving sports as you know I don't really care about sports <laughs> like I just I don't find them interesting but I know that a lot of people do and that's fine um but something I've seen a lot of um recently there have been campaigns basically asking athletes to come out right um and you know encouraging them to come out you know saying things like you can be you know a role model to you know lgbt sports fans you know you'll be helping to normalize being lgbt and and things like that and i get all of those points but is it really fair to ask that of people? Like, even people who, who don't come from a background where they would have been um, made to feel um, ashamed of who they are or could have been criminalised or things like that, it surely it's a personal choice. And should we... Should we be in a place where we're in, where we feel entitled to that moment of someone's life, where we feel like we have a right to say to somebody, "If you're in the closet, come out. You have to do it for other people." Like, I don't know. I, I it it made me feel uncomfortable. That you know, the first few times I saw it, and then seeing Delta Delta's post kind of really. Um, it kind of helped me to to realize why it made me feel that way it's it's the obligation part of it you know somebody you know who they are that's personal and it's for them should we be placing that obligation on people yes i'm sure that it would be great to have more lgbt sports role models just like it would in in everything but should we be pressuring people you know we don't know their journey we don't know their whole life we don't know how this feels for them should we be pressuring them is it fair of us to do that i don't know
you know, maybe, maybe we could, you know, I mean, that there are obviously things that are still keeping people from wanting to do that. You know, maybe those are the things that we should be addressing first so that people feel safer and happier and they're in a place to do it of their own free will. I don't think pressuring people to open up about something they're not ready to yet, I don't think that's going to solve the problems that were making them afraid to do so in the first place. So I think we can all agree that discrimination is bad, right? Cool. What about age discrimination? Yes, bitch. I'm going to go there. So um, the government in the UK recently announced that they were going to be raising what they call the national living wage, which is not actually um, equivalent to the the like actual living wage, which is... Um, okay, see this, this is why they named it this, because it makes it confusing for everyone. So the living wage is an agreed upon figure that takes into account the cost of living and things like that, and gives a figure that a person needs to be able to live a decent life in the UK with how much things cost, right? Now, the government decided um that they were going to um change the minimum wage for like 25 and over people and they were going to call it the national living wage even though it was not equivalent to what the agreed figure by money people um <laughs> it's not the same basically anyway so it initially when it came in it was for 25s and overs right everybody below the age of 25 was still on the standard minimum wage for their age tier because in the UK the minimum wage is dependent on your age so if you are under 21, you get a certain amount. And if you're under 18, I think you get a certain amount as well. But it, it gets higher the older you are. Um, at the time, uh, the national living wage... Um, I'm just going to call it the minimum wage because that's what it is and it's less confusing if I do that. The reason that the government gave for not extending it to under 25s was because under 25s are apparently not productive enough and they don't work hard enough to receive it, which is fucking nonsense. And that does appear to still be the government's um, line on that. So I'm going to check what it is now. So in the UK, here are the various minimum wages um, and the age barriers for them. So currently, if you are 25 and over, you have to be paid £8.21 an hour. If you're 21 to 24, it's £7.70. 
If you're 18 to 20, it's £6.15. If you're under 18, it's £4.35. And if your company hires you as an apprentice, which, by the way, many are doing to get out of paying people properly, it's £3.90. So, well, 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 well. Uh, the government have sort of preemptively announced that they are going to be reducing the age minimum for the national living wage, or whatever they call it, um, to 21. But that still does not deal with the fact that there are people under the age of 21 who have financial responsibilities. There are some people who have rent to pay. There are some people who... Are con you know, even if they're living at home with their parents, they'll still be contributing, they'll still be paying, you know, rent to their parents, bills, things like that. Why is it that a younger person's work is worth less? How does that make any sense? Because there are people of that age who are working 40 hour weeks, but apparently they're not productive enough. Bitch please I it's just not true it's just not true and I mean the government has given lots of excuses over the years there's the whole they're not productive enough um you know many of them you know are not working enough hours so you know it doesn't matter which again is nonsense um they've said stuff like you know, most of them are living at home, so they don't have to worry about things like that, which, I mean, that's not, that's not true. <laughs> um, you know, many young people do not have the luxury of living at home for free without, you know, rent, bills, something like that. So this idea that there is a whole group of like you know 16 17 18 year olds 19 year olds 20 year olds living at home rent free no bills I don't buy that it's fucking nonsense it's a lie <laughs> and it's you know because the financial state of the UK many parents cannot afford to offer that to their child I'm sure they'd love to but they just simply can't afford it and so these these children they get jobs you know their kids will get jobs but if if their kids are being screwed over in wages how is that helpful you know somebody who somebody who goes in and does a job should be paid the same as anybody else right it would not be acceptable to pay someone less because they were of a different race or a different religion it's allegedly not acceptable to pay someone a different wage if they're a different gender but I mean I think we all know realistically that still happens and the government isn't really doing too much to actually make sure it doesn't so I don't know why I'm surprised that they are openly encouraging discriminating against people based on age but there we are um but I just <laughs> I, I genuinely, I cannot see any justifiable logic. I can see all the nonsense excuses they're throwing out that are meaningless and stupid, but I can't see any valid and acceptable reason. You know, if somebody is not doing a job to the same standard as somebody else, well, there's, there's an action for that. You You either, you know offer some kind of training or you you remove them from the job and you find someone more suitable so that can't be the reason um you know there's always there's no problem with their work because if there was a problem with their work they wouldn't they wouldn't still have the job so what what is what is the reason there is no reason there is no real reason it is the government openly allowing businesses to take advantage of young workers that's what it is 
that is clearly what it is, you know, if we're being realistic, because there are a lot of companies in the UK, and they have been called out on this, but they continue to do it, who will hire young people. And then when they reach the age of 25, although now it's probably going to be 21, they will either cut their hours or they will fire them outright because then they can just take on someone younger and keep paying less and less for the same work. And that is what the government is encouraging by not equalising the minimum wage. (laughs) And I don't know why they think that people are stupid and don't realise that. It's very obvious. It's very, very obvious. I mean, (laughs) realistically, I I, I saw something and it was really interesting. Uh, Somebody said, if a business cannot afford to pay its staff an acceptable wage, then the business is not profitable. And that's not the staff's fault. That's that's the management of that company and I think that really should apply here when you have big companies huge companies companies that are pulling in tons of profit every year that are exploiting young workers by paying them the bare minimum and then when they reach a certain age where they have to be paid more they get rid of them then you have to look at that business and you have to say, well, why do you need to do this? Are you doing this to maximise profits for yourselves and so you can pay yourselves huge bonuses? Or is there some kind of issue? Is there some kind of financial mismanagement going on that means that you're having to you know, do these shady things to save money? Like, what, what's the tea, sis? Like, I just... Obviously, it's something the government needs to be held accountable for, but also businesses who take advantage of these practices need to be held to account too, because... Why? How do you sleep at night knowing that you're exploiting young people? It's similar to... It makes me think about... There there was a a bill going through Parliament um, a while ago um, that was attempting to stop the practices of unpaid work trials that go on for a long time because what people were doing were they they were saying to people okay I'll give you a trial shift and then that trial shift would become several trial shifts and so people were working like for hours and hours and not getting paid at all and then they'd be told oh no no you're not getting the job and then they just move on and do the same thing with another person so they were essentially getting you know, hours and hours of work for free every week that they didn't have to pay anybody because it's a trial shift. And they would have people come in and do sort of two or three trial shifts and then tell them you're not getting the job. So they've got two or three shifts out of a person that they don't have to pay them for. And the workers don't have any protections against that. They don't have any way that they can go and and get some kind of well, justice on that. And the, the bill was attempting to stop that from happening, but unfortunately it was unsuccessful. Um, but I mean, you know, the government is just so clear about the fact that it favours businesses over workers every single time. If it's possible for them to enable a business to screw you over, it will. Uh, you know, I, they they don't even try and hide it. And, you know, not to go on about it, because I know we've all kind of got Brexit fatigue, but this, you know, things like this are why, you know, membership of the European Union was a good thing. Because obviously the European Union is not perfect. We all know that. (laughs) But it did introduce some protections for workers that I don't think the British government would have been that interested in doing. Because if you look at how they constantly side with businesses where possible now, it's very obvious that they don't really have the back of working people.
and as we get closer to the potential of Brexit, specifically a no deal Brexit, in which we have no alignment and no support from anywhere else at all, I worry that things like that are going to get worse because I do not trust the Conservative Party at all. I do not trust one person in that cabinet. I do not trust any of them to have people and the national interest at the forefront of what they're doing. I I don't. And I worry what this could mean for workers across the UK, for regular people who, especially if this does trigger economic difficulties, because that's going to mean there's going to be less jobs available, meaning that people don't have options and choices. At the moment, people don't really have that anyway, because a lot of jobs are sort of zero hour, you know, gig economy nonsense. And so there'll be even less choice for workers. And so people will have to put up with shit conditions, no protections, no rights, because there's nothing else. And they need they need a job, they need money, they need stability for their families. And they're going to have to put up with the shittest circumstances possible and their government is not going to help them their government is not going to give a shit their government is not going to step in to stop them being discriminated against or exploited and that worries the fuck out of me and you know what can we all make a promise if you're in the uk right now or you know what if you're anywhere because voting is really important just register to vote it doesn't take long it's cheap, it's easy, it's fun, it's it's free, I think, even in most places. Um, just get registered, get to know your candidates. Most, I, I'm talking specifically UK right now. I think most places will have picked candidates for a potential election. Um, most parties should have somebody in place. If not, it's probably going to be announced in the next few weeks get to know your candidates, find out what their priorities are, you know, get it together and make sure that if an election happens, you are ready and and you, you vote, you know? Because in in that house, they are deciding everything about your life. They are deciding where you can live, who you can marry, um, what kind of school your kid is going to go to, whether that school is going to have funding cuts or not, you know, what, what treatments we can get on the NHS, what rights we have as workers and as people. And it's important to make your voice heard. I know that sometimes with the, you know, current first past the post system, it does feel like, nobody's listening and it doesn't matter but you know what the last election there were some seats that literally came down to just a couple of votes so it could be you you know it could be you that's the tipping point so get registered get involved um find out about your local candidates um you know what and I'm not even just saying this as vote for who I want even if you are going to go out there and vote Conservative, Brexit Party, all the other parties that I hate, at least you're getting up and you're going out and you're voting and you're you're doing something with that right that is so important and so, so vital. Even if I don't agree with what you're voting for, for God's sake, vote. Let the people at Westminster know that we are awake and we are active and we we're not we're not stupid we're listening to them we can see them they're they're literally on tv they're on bbc parliament everyone's watching let them know that fucking vote it's fun i love voting so let's let's all let's all agree that we're gonna vote okay good job for a platform where you can have your voice heard find your home and find your voice on rumble 
a brand new video platform where you can share your thoughts, express your passions and find like-minded people and creators. Download Rumble from the App Store or visit rumble.me to find out more. If a planet falls in a forest, and everyone is too busy dancing on Westminster Bridge to hear it, does it make a sound? Just a quick question, do, do you actually think that there really is truly magic in the way that you're dancing over there? I'm not trying to be rude, but when you say things like, this is how we make a difference, this is how we make a change, you do sound a bit ridiculous if the only thing that you've changed is your t-shirt after you've swept one through you know, all your groovy dance moves, sending your message encoded in entertaining viral videos that become less and less lucid as time goes by. The planet keeps burning because as it all turns out, your open mic picnics at night interpretive dance Glastonbury at Green Park doesn't actually mean anything. It doesn't actually change anything and we're all still going to die. But I mean, you feel better, and I suppose that's what's important. All right, listen, I am all about climate change prevention, let me tell you. I, uh, for those that don't know, actually, um, I, I grew up, uh, my family have always been very environmentally friendly. Um, I remember my granddad literally teaching me about recycling and shit. Um, he used to sit out in the garden and he <laughs> he had a magnet and he would to check which cans were recyclable and which weren't. And I'd, I'd sit with him and we'd do that. Um, I, I remember growing up and, you know, being very interested in things like Greenpeace and animal conservation and... Um, as many of you will know, I'm very against things like hunting and um, <laughs> things like that, to the point where I get visibly angry just thinking about it. Um, I I still recycle to this day. Um, I don't I don't drive mainly because I can't. But you know, even if I could, I don't think I would. <laughs> I I've always used public transport. Um, I actually, I don't consume all that much in terms of meat and and dairy, actually, or anything like that. It's, it's one of those things, I'm sort of accidentally almost vegan, but not quite. <laughs> um, and it really is just sort of, um, I think more just to do with me being a fussy, a fussy eater. Because I, 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 I don't know how to explain it, I get like kind of almost like fixated on certain foods and then like I only eat them for a little while I don't know <laughs> you didn't come here to hear my life story anyway so I I very much take this seriously there's probably there's a lot more that I could be doing and I am making those attempts every day and I I passionately believe that this is something that we have to bring more awareness to that being said I do not think that Extinction Rebellion is the way to do that. Um, I don't mean to single them out, but I mean, what the fuck did they expect? <laughs> I, I Do you know what? I kind of get their point. Fuck off with your carbon, we're trying to save the planet yelling at motorbikes see that's another that's another point in my i'm fighting climate change basket um anyway um so <laughs> i i can see their point that this is something that we need to be raising awareness of and taking seriously a hundred percent i am with them on that however i don't think that their methods are going to do that I don't think that doing things like deliberately blocking a road 
that has a hospital on it. Even when people have made you aware that there is a hospital there, I don't think that's going to change hearts and minds. That's going to make people think that you're a bunch of privileged twats who are not considering that there are, for example, cancer patients who are going to need to get to that hospital. As was the case, there was um, a person on Twitter this week who who said about how she wasn't able to get her friend, I think it was, um, who, who was going to the hospital for cancer treatment. Um, they weren't able to get the car down to the hospital because the protesters were blocking it. And so they had to walk for 20 minutes. And for most people, that wouldn't be a big deal. But for someone with cancer, that is incredibly difficult for them to do. And so they, they were upset about that on Twitter, which I think is fair enough. What made the whole situation worse, as if this didn't look bad enough for Extinction Rebellion, one of their supporters then replied to the person who was upset, saying, you know, we've been planning this protest for months, you should have sorted some alternate arrangements out or something smug like that. And it's like, are you fucking joking? Are you... Wow... Like, it just, it looked really bad. And his tweet got a lot of attention. So again, that just makes the whole thing look bad. And this isn't even, like, the one incident this week. Like, um, there have been a ton of viral videos of them, you know, dancing around and, um, you know... Uh, there was loads of like pictures and videos on social media of them like you know going to McDonald's but then blocking the roads and protest at stuff like McDonald's and stuff like that um I think the dance ones are the ones that really got to people because <laughs> there was one particular clip that went very very viral they were having like some kind of it was like a like a sort of student society disco I, I i would describe it i suppose but you know all ages they you know and they were in trafalgar square and they was having a little dance and shit which is fine i guess uh, <laughs> uh i don't know how exactly it was supposed to tell anyone anything about climate change and what they can do to change their life to make it more climate friendly but there we are and the I guess the DJ person or just some kind of mysterious voice off camera said this is how we make a difference this is how we make a change and I'm like god what by doing what you didn't do anything you're just what what are you talking about it was ridiculous right? It's not how you make a difference. It's not how you make a change. It's how you make people think, you know what, maybe climate change really is just a nonsense thing made up by middle class posh people who are kind of weird. Maybe what the, you know, the, the doubters of climate change are saying, maybe that's true, because I don't see them doing silly dances and, you know, disrupting you know, cancer patients and being smug on social media. Do you know what I mean? It cheapens the whole cause. If you want to make a difference, if you want to actually make change, create accessible, accessible programs and and social media campaigns and shit like that, that will give people information on what what is happening and what they can personally do so whether that is um you know using cars less um eating less of certain things recycling certain things more um switching to different 
kinds of products, whether it's writing to their representatives, you know, who do they write to? What do they say? These are the things that will actually make a difference. Giving people the tools to make those changes. That's what makes changes. Not twatting about and doing weird dances and making the whole thing look like some kind of posho's day out. That doesn't change anything. It might make you feel better because you've had a fun day out with your friends, but it doesn't actually change anything. You haven't actually achieved anything apart from making a nuisance of yourself. Like, do you want to save the planet or do you want to just go out with your mates and have a laugh? Because if you want to just go out and have fun, just fucking go and do that. Don't try and act like it has anything to do with saving the planet because from what I can see, a lot of what they are actually doing has nothing to do with actually saving the planet because they are not changing people's minds. They are not persuading people to get on board with living lifestyles that are going to help the fight against climate change. I cannot see that they are changing people's minds and making people want to get in touch with their representatives and raise concerns. I am not seeing that they are doing anything of value. To me, it just seems very self-indulgent. It's very, look at me, look at what I'm doing. I'm so special. I've glued myself to a bus. But I mean... Are those people on that bus going to sit there, being inconvenienced, being late to work, um, being late home, whatever it is, are they really going to sit there and be like, well, this is massively inconvenient and they haven't really given me any information as to why they're doing this. Apropos of nothing, I'm going to Google, you know, where I can get some, some paper straws. No, of course they're not. Because they don't really know enough about why you're doing this because you're not really explaining you're just making a twat of yourself and and they have no real need to do it you know because as far as they're concerned it's just oh this is a person trying to get attention because you haven't been clear about why this is happening what's going on what you're doing you're just pissing people off you're not actually changing people's minds and I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying like do you want to actually save the planet or do you just want some attention do you just want to have fun with your friends if you want attention like I don't know start a podcast (laughs) see I told you this week we're being self-aware um but like The whole thing is just very frustrating because it is important that we, do you know what? I feel like we're beyond the point of getting serious about climate change. But the point is we we need to reach that point where everybody is on the same page. And I don't think we're going to do that by this. I I really don't. I, I don't think that what they are doing is helpful and I don't think it really has much value beyond making them feel like they're doing something without them having to really do something and I I think that's quite sad because at the moment they are the biggest sort of influence in that region if you compare stuff like the recent actions by Extinction Rebellion in London, for example, to things like the climate change school strikes, right? So you have kids, literal kids in school, who when they go on these strikes, they will have informative signs. Some of them are making like pamphlets and leaflets to hand out to people explaining why they're there, what they're doing, um you know, what they are hoping other people will do, where you can go to find out more, that kind of stuff. And they are simply marching through where they live, whether that is their town, their city, um, things like that. They are very clear about what their objectives are. They are very clear about what other people can do to help. 
and while some people are resistant to it because I don't know they hate seeing intelligent kids most people when they see that they can get on board with it because it's it's accessible it makes sense you look at it and you say okay so this is why they're doing this this is what we can do to help this is what's going to happen if we don't do anything right got it but you know extinction rebellion they're just how how does you doing some weird dance in the street in front of a bunch of police officers teach anybody anything how is anyone going to learn anything from that how is anybody going to understand what's going on they're just going to think that you're like somebody who's like took too much spice and gone a bit weird no one's no do you know what i mean because when you look at these things, you don't automatically think, oh, okay, climate change. You just think, what the actual fuck is that? I was 17 when I told my beloved father that I had planned to plot a place for myself in the luscious and very exotic land of London. He sighed, rolling the eyes that we share, taking my hand, giving me grief. My beloved, dramatic and trying but failing Catholic father whispered, as if he was afraid the city would rise up and rage, that London was a den of disease and delinquency. I reminded him that it was where we first met and he snapped back, well yes, exactly. I thought I might laugh or cry to confront the confusion of his constant contradictions. I started my life between two storylines because he could never agree with himself or with me, whether parenthood was an adventure or a punishment. I thought I'd ask him why he cared so much if he cared so little and why my growing up bothered him so much when he was still bitter that my birth forced his own growth. But I had plans. Plans other than hearing the monologuing of a man I could never understand. So I stood, disappearing into the smoke of the city, where he couldn't find me, and where I could find myself. I feel like I can say this now because, I mean, it's not like he's going to fucking stop me. I don't think my dad should have had children. Ooh. And you thought we already had the luxury hot take for the day? Well, damn, we're back. I, no, seriously, I, I, I don't think he should. I don't think he was ready to do that. And... So it was like he was growing up at the same time I was. But I feel like I got there first. And so when he was confronted with that, it really fucked with him. Because he was like, bitch, what the fuck? You were like a baby five minutes ago and now you're going to be like going to London and going to university. What the hell? And I was like, honey, you're in your 50s. Like, really? You're really doing this? <laughs> okay, hon. All right. Well, I'm just going to go and, and, you know, be an adult and you can do whatever it is you're doing here. I don't know. Um, and you know what? I am an R on this and I change my mind all the time, but at, at the present moment in my life, I feel like that is why, at least for now, I have no plans to have children. Because I, obviously I can be serious and I can be grown up and I can step up and do what I need to do as an adult. But there are still a lot of parts of my life and things like that where I don't feel I have the maturity that I would need to offer to a child. I don't feel 
like I could be there for them in the way that they need and be the parent they deserve. So I make that choice and I take those steps to make sure that I don't do that. Obviously, it's a conflicting thing because if <laughs> if he had done that, I wouldn't exist. But I don't know. It's just something I think about a lot. I don't. I don't think it's something he should have done. I don't think. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think he was. I. I don't think he was right for it. You know. Um, and there are gonna be some people who are gonna be like, "Oh my god, that's like so ungrateful." Like, what? Half of his DNA, like, made you, bitch. What? But, like... um, One of my friends told me once that... You don't... Owe your parents anything because you didn't ask to exist. And, like... I get that. You know... If he didn't have what he needed to have am I supposed to lie about that am I supposed to pretend that everything was always great it might feel better for me to do that and I do do that sometimes sometimes I pretend like everything was amazing (laughs) because it makes it easier for me to deal with but realistically that's not how it was And am I supposed to pretend for the rest of my life that it was? And if so, why? You know? What do I owe him? I didn't ask to be born. I didn't ask to be here. And because of the fact that he wasn't ready, a lot of the things throughout my life that a parent typically does that you could say yes I owe them for that it's not him that I owe any of that to because he didn't do it you know so do I just spend the rest of my life Honouring a memory of him that isn't realistic? Or does it make me a better daughter to be honest? And say, I love you. But you were not this perfect image that it feels better for me to believe in. You were a real person and these were your real problems. And it's okay for me to feel something about that. Well, I don't know, because I'm not like a, a doctor or a therapist or I don't actually even know who would decide on these things. Like, is it Judge Rinder or something? I don't know. But whoever is in charge of that, if you could let me know, that would be grand. Thank you. see you again next week um but until then you can find more of my work on my website which is jenniferwan.com um there's also videos and audio stuff on there and stuff you can read for free as well as all the links to the paid content so that's lots of fun and you can check it out i actually just put up 
um, it's a collection of uh, various cover songs I've done, like in one album, it's very helpful. Um, and there's a bunch of new poems that I've put up over the last week, so you can check that out. The link's in the description as well. Um, thank you to my Patreon supporters, Amanda, Kylie, Melissa, Anna, Sam, Katie, Christina, Josie, Gabriella, David and Eleanor. You guys are the greatest. Um, you can support me on Patreon and that supports this show and also lots of other free projects that I do such as videos, um, audio collections, um, and the written stuff on the website and things like that. Um, so you can support me on Patreon, uh, where you get lots of cool benefits, exclusive content, early content, free merch, that kind of stuff. Um, and that starts from a dollar a month. Um, or you can do a one-off donation if you want and that is available through paypal and coffee and that gets you access to the early release program so you get to see things early uh before they come out to everybody um i will see you next week